Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Is it a Tuesday? It is. Hey, we got news and stuff. Call a friend. We'll do the news. Just a moment here. Have you done it? Got the big five in? Sure you have. You've read your Bible? You've prayed especially for others? Well, that's wonderful. What are you going to do now? Serving God today in what capacity? Remember, no matter what state you are in, do it all today for the glory of God. Serve God in and out of the local church, and then make sure you got some Christian friends. That's a big deal for so many people, especially if you've been in the world. You've got to get new friends there. Get them in the local church, which is the next point. You need to be in a good Bible-believing church. We encourage you to do that here at Greg Patton Ministries, my friend, and a big thank you to all of you that support Christian Radio. That's a big plus. You're in church on Sunday, maybe midweek as well, but uh, wow. What does Christian Radio do for you, my friend? It's such a blessing to so many people. So please support this Christian Radio station. And we're going to thank you in advance. What in the world is going on? It's a new day, a new way in Boston. A new rule enacted by Boston's Democrat mayor going to go into effect November the 1st, giving police authority to dismantle a homeless tent city and a neighborhood there in Boston that's been used to shield drug use and other crimes. The area known as the Methadone Mile has for years been occupied by tents and tarp covers and tragically dwelled by people struggling with substance abuse. The area has been riddled with crime, prompting Mayor Michelle Wu to begin the, the process of dissolving the encampment, a process going to start tomorrow. A report in the Boston Herald said that residents of Tent City have been notified of the new rule in several different languages. Any newcomers to the camp will be met by a coordinated team of social workers and law enforcement officials who will inform them that no new tents are going to be put up there. There's no magic wand and a very complex, long-standing challenge that cities around America are facing with the opiate crisis, homelessness, mental health. But we know that in Boston, we have a very good sense of not only who is it that needs services, but also to most effectively connect with people with those services. So said the mayor. Sounds good. We'll see how it works. Hard to believe the actor's death could be the lead story on all the networks as it has been. The cause of Matthew Perry's death has been deferred by the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office, leaving a grieving public wondering what happened to the former friend star. They say he was loved by all. The medical examiner said on Sunday an autopsy was completed today. Toxology reports are yet pending. I think from the information that's been released, we won't know until the toxology is performed, given his history of problems with both alcohol and drugs. They think it might have something to do with his death. He was found dead at his home in the hot tub. Well, the Israeli military is carrying out expanded ground operations against Hamas terrorists in northern Gaza, in which Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is now calling the Second War of Independence. More than 9,700 people have been killed in the war on both sides since 
the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack. Israel greatly expanded its ground operations in Gaza over the weekend, marking a new stage in that conflict. And they say the Hamas commander, who really orchestrated everything for October the 7th, has been killed in an airstrike. Some of the details just so horrifying about that attack where the Hamas terrorists, these demon-led individuals, most of them probably high on drugs, would cut open the bellies of pregnant women, take the babies out, and cut their heads off. Just absolutely unbelievable. Aiming to prevent fake President Biden from suffering electoral embarrassment in New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation presidential primary, Biden backers in a write-in effort on his behalf. The newly launched grassroots organizing, pushed by some of the biggest names in New Hampshire Democratic circles, comes one week after Biden declined to place his name on the state's primary ballot. New Hampshire certain to hold a primary that's out of compliance with the Democratic National Committee's revamped 2024 nominating calendar, a schedule first suggested by the president late last year that removes the state from its century-old leadoff position. Biden's avoiding the unsanctioned contest. The fate of our democracy itself hangs in the balance in the 2024 election, according to that group's website just so what's-his-name doesn't get in. Gee whiz. An email from the group's leaders highlighted that more than 100 grassroots leaders and volunteers from across New Hampshire are launching the Right in Biden campaign, a statewide effort to encourage New Hampshire voters to commit to writing Joe Biden on the presidential primary ballot. Yeah, we need that, all right. The United Auto Workers have reportedly struck agreements now with each of the big three automakers, hopefully bringing thousands, they say, back to work and restarting the U.S. automobile production. With details still being finalized, it remains to be seen how damaging these agreements are going to be to the United States of America. But if the UAW is happy with these terms, it's likely that they could have detrimental impacts on the country's economy and workforce for generations to come. It's easy to understand why the UAW has made demands that could damage the competitiveness of U.S. auto manufacturers. They've asked now for significant wage increases and a shorter work week, making it tough for U.S. manufacturers to compete globally and potentially weakening a core and beloved American industry. Wouldn't that be something if it really went to the wayside eventually? However, it's the UAW's third demand that is the most troubling, and that's the elimination of the two-tiered wage system, which resulted in everyone being given a role receiving the same compensation regardless of their experience or time or position. That's like new hires. This demand is fundamentally un-American, and they say it would have severe unattended consequences. Wow. What do you think? So have you heard this one yet in a political system so obviously stacked against anti-establishment candidates? One can hardly blame those who imagine a conspiracy here, there, and everywhere. 
According to NBC News, Donald Trump Jr., son of the former president, told supporters in Iowa on Thursday that that independent presidential campaign of longtime Democrat Robert Kennedy Jr. appears to be calculated now, a plant to undermine the Trump cause. It legitimately always felt like it was a Democratic plant to hurt Donald Trump, said the junior. He wouldn't be there if the Democrats... He wouldn't be there if the Democrats didn't want him there. On the surface, conventional wisdom suggests that a Kennedy campaigning for president should hurt the incumbent Democrat. However, Kennedy has an unmistakable appeal to to some anti-establishment voters, including, yep, Republicans. In an August interview with Tucker Carlson, Kennedy asserted what many Americans who distrust the deep state already suspected that the CIA had a hand in the 1963 assassination of his uncle, John F. Kennedy. And back to the presidential race, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida said in New Hampshire this week that, uh, yep, Kennedy is definitely a legitimate threat to Donald Trump. They what? Boston Children's Hospital, which claims to have created the first pediatric and adolescent transgender Health program in the country was hit with heavy backlash in 2022 for performing gender transition surgeries on minors. The Executive Office of Health and Human Services of Massachusetts said on July the 25th that it paid the hospital over $1.4 million for gender transition services. Their webpage, which has since been removed, contained dozens of videos discussing gender dysphoria, transgender sex, top and bottom surgery, and even a how-to guide for talking to friends and family about this subject. The website stated that surgery is never the first step in gender transition and suggested that newer patients start with socially transitioning and supplemental hormones and demons. Lots of demons. This is just so wrong. Really, all you have to do is change the name? McDonald's revealed in an earnings call on Monday that its rebranded crispy chicken sandwich, which have been known as McCrispy, have grown to become a billion-dollar global brand. It's a hot item. The development comes as McDonald's says its consolidated revenues increased by 14%, and comparable sales in the United States rose 8%. Our McCrispy Chicken Sandwich continues to be an important driver of our chicken share growth. Billion dollars, huh? Well, they call it big stars and big money, I guess. Another day, another new high-profile member of the Billionaires Club. Forbes now says that Magic Johnson, the former L.A. star, is worth $1.2 billion, and he's the the fourth athlete to cross that threshold now, along with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Tiger Woods. But only $40 million comes from his time on the court. Turns out he's also an MVP at investing. He's made bank from putting money into sports teams, Starbucks, movie theaters, Burger King, 24-hour fitness, and most significantly, if least dramatically, his controlling stake in the Iowa-based life insurer called Equitrust. 
What else is happening? X is now worth less than half of what Elon Musk paid to buy Twitter last year. A memo to employees said the company was valued at $19 billion, which is 55% less than the $44 billion that Musk paid out. That's something. The FDA has warned not to use dozens of over-the-counter eye drops now because they could cause infection that would lead to you being blinded. What? FIFA has banned the former Spanish Soccer Federation president who uh, forcibly kissed a player after his team won the World Cup victory, banned him from the sport for the next three years. Not supposed to be kissing your players. Sesame Street's getting a makeover next season as its streaming deal with Max ends. The show will switch its format from magazine style to, well, two longer narrative segments and one short animated one. I thought you'd want to know. And finally, who said that? Don't be impressed by college degrees anymore. Graduates are no longer the most educated. They're just the most indoctrinated. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Some of the stories you have been writing to me about your demonic experiences, some would curl your hair. Invisible War of the Saints, it's out there. It's touching lives already. We're sending a bunch to the mission field, my friend. InvisibleWarOfTheSaints.com or right here at Greg Patton Ministries in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You can get your copy. A couple of hundred pages. It'll change your life if you let it. Invisible War of the Saints. A big thank you again to Southwest Radio Church, Ken Hill, Matthew Hill for their help in getting this ball rolling. We're right in the next one already. God is so good. Well, today is the day. Do its decidedly pagan origin. What are we going to do with this thing called Halloween? Have you, under, <clears throat> have you ever wondered where this thing started? You know, many believe the Festival of Samhain was the beginning of the Celtic year. And at Samhain, farmers brought livestock in from summer pastures and people gathered to build their shelters for winter. The festival also had religious significance, and people burned fruits and vegetables and grain and possibly animals as offerings to the gods. In ancient Celtic stories, Samhain was a magical time of transition when important battles were fought and fairies cast spells. It was a time when the barriers between the natural world and the supernatural were broken down. The Celts believed that the dead could walk among the living at this time. During Samhain, the living could visit with the dead, who they believed held secrets about the future. Yep, scholars believe that Halloween's association with ghosts and food and fortune-telling began with these pagan customs more than 2,000 years ago. And many of the pagan Celts survived even after the, the people became Christianized. In 800 AD, the church established an All Saints Day for November the 1st. About 200 years later, it added All Souls Day on November the 2nd. They were set aside for people to pray for friends and family who had died. People made, well, many of the old pagan customs part of a Christian holy day. 
Some people put out food for the dead or left a lantern burning in the window so that the ghosts could find their way back home. Through the years, various regions of Europe developed their own Halloween customs. In Wales, for example, each person put a, a white stone near the Halloween fire at night and then checked it in the morning to see whether the stone was still there. If it was, the person would live for another year. Oh, it's pagan, all right. What are you going to do? No, the answer to the question as to whether Christians should be celebrating Halloween, supposed to be the biggest uh, well, holiday now of the year, that's something. Hey, don't do it. Don't participate. The answer to the question as to whether can Christians participate in Halloween activities without compromising their faith, now it gets a little foggy. The gray area, some say. Some Christians participate in Halloween simply by dressing up in a costume and, and having fun, seeing it as an innocent, harmless thing. Boy, I remember we used to go to a fundamental Baptist KJV church called Roanoke Baptist. Spent 10 years as a staff evangelist out of that church. And boy, this time of year, they had a, a haunted house. And I actually played a, a monster. And they had a they had a big uh, school bus that they transported kids about uh, five miles to this haunted house. And uh, I hid along the side of the road. They stopped, picked me up. Oh, gee, I remember this. The whole idea was to take them through a horror house and then present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it seemed so right at the time. We must have been out of our minds. Yeah. Some Christians participate by dressing up, as I said, and having a little cost, having a little bit of fun, innocent, harmless thing to do. Other Christians are equally convinced that any form of participation is sinful due to the fact that, well, Halloween is a satanic holiday established to worship Satan, evil spirits, promoting darkness, wickedness. What are all those costumes about? The devil and demons and ghosts and... Well, who's right in all of this? Is it possible for a Christian to participate in Halloween and not compromise their faith? You know, Halloween, no matter how commercialized it's become, has almost completely pagan origins oh, from the start. As innocent as things may seem there, it is not something to be taken lightly. Christians tend to have various ways to observe today's holiday. For some, it means having an alternative harvest party, many at church or trick or trunk in the church parking lot uh, today. For others, it's staying away from ghosts and witches and those goblins and wearing some innocuous uh, outfit, maybe. There's a little a princess or how about Barbie? Maybe a clown or a cowboy or some superhero. That should make it okay. And some, like us, choose not to do anything, really, we turned the lights out. Mm -hmm. There was a time where we gave away candy and then tracks, and we found most of the tracks in our yard afterwards, and I got to thinking, I'm not so sure this is a good idea. Some still do it, and more power to you. Scripture doesn't speak about Halloween, but it does give us some real principles on which we can make a decision. In the Old Testament Israel, witchcraft was a crime punishable by death. Exodus 22:18, Leviticus 19:31, Exodus 20 verse 6 and verse 27. Punishable 
by death. The New Testament teaching about the occult is very clear. If you read Acts chapter 8, the story of Simon shows that occultism and Christianity, man, that's like uh, oil and water. It doesn't mix. The account of Elymas, the sorcerer, in Acts 13 reveals that sorcery is violently opposed to Christianity. Paul called this person a child of the devil, an enemy of righteousness, a perverter of the ways of God. In Acts chapter 16 at Philippi, a fortune-telling girl, I've used and talked about this many times, she lost her demon powers when the evil spirit was cast out of her by Paul. The interesting matter here is that Paul refused to allow even good statements to come from a demon-influenced person. What is right here? Acts 19 shows new converts who have abruptly broken with their former occultism by confessing and showing their evil deeds, bringing their magic paraphernalia and burning it before everyone. Acts chapter 19, verse 19. You know, things changed for us dramatically when I started working with the first person who was uh, demonized, if you will, had bunches of demons with the head demon Abaddon. This gal had participated in baby sacrifices on this day. Think about it. Should a Christian participate in Halloween? Is there anything evil about a Christian dressing up in maybe some innocent costume and going around the block asking for candy? I guess you could say about, no, not really. So are there things about Halloween that are anti-Christian and should be completely avoided? 100%. If parents are going to allow their kids to participate in Halloween, they should make sure, keep them from getting involved in the darker aspects of the day and It's just so hard to do. If Christians are going to take part in Halloween, their attitude, their dress, most importantly, their behavior should still reflect that new life in Christ, Philippians 1.27. There are many churches that hold harvest festivals today and incorporate costumes. They do it in a godly environment, sure. There are many Christians who hand out tracts and share the gospel along with Halloween candy. There you go. The decision, that's yours to make in the spirit of Christian freedom. But as with all things, we are to incorporate the principles of, well, the book of Romans chapter 14. You can't allow your convictions about a holiday to cause division in the body of Christ, but you do need to stand up for what's right. I think this one's pretty clear. You don't want to use that freedom to cause others to stumble in their faith. And now here again, we got a very fine line. We want to do, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 31, all things to the glory of God. Are you doing that? Is that what this is all about? Got an idea. As uh, believers, and thinking about this since we wrote our new book on the war against Satan, Invisible War, pray all day today, tonight especially, against the enemy, Satan and his demons, that they'll be defeated. It's something to consider, my friend. And finally, the game warden caught the man on the shore there, cooler full of fish. He asked, "Um, can I see your license, please? The man replied, I don't need one. Warden said, why not? The guy said, this is my pet fish. I I bring him here from home and let him swim around. I whistle, they all come back. Want to see how it works? 
warden says, yeah, show me. So the man releases the fish into the water, just stood there looking at the water. After a while, the warden said, okay, go, go ahead and whistle now. The man said, what for? The warden said, so the fish will come back. The man looked mystified and said, what fish? <laughs> oh, dear me. Join me on Facebook anyway, okay? <laughs> Greg, G-O-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Do it right now before you even think about this. That's the way it is, my friend, for a, a Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.